Welcome to the CND podcast in association with activists. Activists are proud to have been manufacturing in the UK for over 175 years. Hi, and welcome to the first of CND's monthly podcasts. I'm Deputy Features Editor Annabelle Collins. As many of you are aware, last December the government made a controversial decision to cut pharmacy funding by 6% from October 2016. The resulting campaign against the cuts may have started as a grassroots movement, but over recent months it has evolved into much more, with MPs and peers debating the issue and holding ministers to account. In this podcast, we are going to be looking at views from across the board, from the general public who rely on their community pharmacy to pharmacy bodies and an MP. News that a parliamentary debate on the cuts have been called was a significant step for anti-cuts campaigners, even more so when it emerged the instigator was the Conservative MP, Derek Thomas. I went to Westminster to find out more about why the cuts concern him so much. So how do you think the debate went? I was pleased with the debate. I was pleased with the amount of people that turned up from all political parties. I was pleased with the range of issues that were covered during that time and the concerns that people share about wanting to make sure the NHS is really accessible to people, particularly in rural areas, which is a concern of mine. But I was also pleased with Alistair Burt, the Minister's response. I felt that he was genuinely listening. I felt that he, um, he, f- he seemed to indicate there was time to work on this and get a compromise, if that's possible. But also, I just felt that he understood the issues, and that, that's encouraging to know when you're raising something that's controversial against your own government. Mm. Um, and did you um, have a chance to speak to Alistair Burt after the debate at all? Yes, I've spoken to Alistair Burt since, and I've asked him to come down to my constituency to meet my independent pharmacists. There's about six or seven independent pharmacies, and they are so important. In Cornwall, we're, which is something that needs to be done and should be done elsewhere in the country, we're really looking to integrate health and social care in quite an aggressive and progressive, ambitious fashion. And that, a lot of that work actually involves people right on the ground delivering more services, and that must include pharmacies and must include the independent pharmacies because they're often the ones in the rural areas where they really do know and access very vulnerable people and people that are looking after handling long-term uh, illnesses and, and need, need support and treatment that doesn't necessarily need a GP or an acute service, which are hard to find in rural West Cornwall. So he's agreed to come down, and hopefully that'll be soon. And he, by coming down, I'll be able to really help him to understand how we can be, how pharmacies can be part of the solution for integration, rather than just something that costs the government money. And you kind of touched on it there, but um, why um, do you think the cuts are a cause for concern, particularly in your more rural, rural constituency? Well, I'm, trying, I'm championing the independent pharmacists because they just don't have the support and the, the powers that the multiples have. I think the community pharmacists that are in um, you know, the large multiple companies have resources and the ability to change their business in a way that might cope with a 6% cut, but I just don't think that's true of an independent. I think for some, a 6% cut in the money they receive would make them unviable. Mm-hmm. And there's no one there to pick that up or to support them. So that's why I think there's a real issue about what the government's proposing. I think they can make savings because they are right on the ground when it comes to the waste of drugs. We see a huge amount of 
drugs wasted through overprescription and through just being returned but not being used. And the pharmacists believe that they can be part of that solution as well as keeping people away from acute services, which is a really important issue for people in West Cornwall. And um, have you spoken to any of your colleagues, other Conservative MPs, about the cuts? Do they share your opinion? Are they also concerned about them? There's a number of MPs that I've spoken to. Obviously, when you when you get a debate, it comes up on all the papers yeah. and they come and speak to you. And that has been useful. And interestingly, the chair of the debate that I led was Gary Streeter. He's a West Devon MP. And he was concerned, he was disappointed that he couldn't take part in the debate as he was chairing it. Mm. But he's mentioned to me um, an independent surgery pharmacy sorry in his constituency that he mm. felt was at risk of closure if they lost that kind of money so how did you how did you first become aware of the cuts were you contacted by a constituent or yeah. well I've, I've got an ambition ambition to be the most accessible MP I don't know if I'll ever achieve it <laughs> but I deliberately do drop-in surgeries whenever I can mm. and I just book a venue usually a very easy to get to venue mm. and then uh, just tell people I'm there. So during January, I went to all my town centres and just booked a coffee shop for an hour and a half first thing in the morning and just told people I was there. And a, and a local pharmacist turned up with a young child. She's on maternity leave, in fact. And I expected her to be talking to me about childcare or even tax credits, but she t- spoke to me about um, her the pharmacy that she worked in and the, what was proposed. This was beginning of January, bearing in mind the letter mm. to them arrived at the end of December. And so she just, what she said to me made complete sense. And I, and I as far as I was, I'm concerned, a community pharmacist has a very similar role uh, beyond the prescribing of drugs, but also in, in the way that a post office would, or even a PCSA or mm. um, a library or a church and chapel. They have really important roles in the community. Mm. And I think a community pharmacy is exactly the same, car- carries a, a responsibility that you can't really put a figure on. And so that's why when Claire spoke to me, it made complete sense, her concerns. Mm. And so what would you say to other people who have the same concerns as your constituent? How can they kind of influence the government? Well, certainly I'd welcome um, letters to me, but also there's consultation that's going on. I'd really encourage everyone involved, not just in community pharmacy, but also those that use it, to write. But there is, it's, it's very effective to write to your MP. It's very effective to email your own personal email setting out your concerns to your MP because they will take that up and I think that's uh, certainly going to surgery as someone did to me certainly got my attention mm-hmm. and do you think that the government can be influenced or do you think it's kind of already been decided I think the government will certainly be influenced by if enough backbenchers raise it and put pressure on George Osborne in particular in mm-hmm. the treasury to look at this again but I think what we need to be clear about with the health department of health and with the treasury is that it's not it's not actually cutting six percent that will save the money it's working with our community pharmacies closer and giving them more responsibility mm. that will reduce the cost within the nhs so there's actually mm. a saving by giving them more work to do mm. so what what are the plans coming up next do you have anything else in the pipeline well i'm hoping i've met since the debate i've met with local pharmacists again in my constituency and local councils councillors sorry and mm. and local um just people that use the pharmacy so it's it's on the agenda and we continue to work with the local media to keep it on the agenda but if I can get Alistair Burt down to the West Cornwall and to work with them to really plan the future for independent pharmacy I think that would be a job well done but it's something Mm. with health and the way we integrate health and social care the way we 
bring the NHS up to, to where it needs to be to meet the demands of today, this is going to be an ongoing story. Mm. Okay, thank you very much. Mr Thomas is clearly optimistic about the reaction of Pharmacy Minister Alistair Burt and other MPs following the debate, particularly Mr Burt's potential visit to Cornish Pharmacy. I took the same question to Pharmacy Voice Chief Executive Rob Darricott for his perspective on the debate and government engagement with the sector. I'm here at the Pharmacy Voice offices with Rob Darricott. Um, and so there's been a lot going on recently with the cuts, particularly um, the debate in Westminster Hall last week. How do you think that went? I think it's great that quite early in this process, uh, sufficient MPs were minded to have a debate in Parliament. Um, so great to see so many MPs saying positive things about pharmacy and the minister having to listen to quite as many of his colleagues, parliamentary colleagues, both on his side and from the other side of the aisle, um, giving their view about the importance of the community pharmacy sector. And I guess that wouldn't have been an easy thing for the minister to respond to. I mean, that's his, his sort of place. So I think it's, it's a part of the process. Really important that it happened when it happened. Um, it gives us the opportunity then to build on the MPs who volunteered to put themselves forward early on to say we're interested in this issue, this is starting to become an issue through um, from our constituents and then you know that's something that we can then build on in thinking about how we might use parliamentarians in future to keep up the pressure on the Minister about the process, the outcome, what we'd like to see coming out of it um, and, and keep holding him to account really about the depth of feeling that is out there and how that's then being represented through members of parliament. As you know, Bert responded to um, all the comments made um, by his colleagues um, after the debate. What did you make of his response? Were you satisfied with it? Um, do you think he took everything into consideration? Ministers have to respond to Westminster Hall debates. Um, did he say anything new? Not particularly. I think he's been fairly clear both in the debate and also in the, the conversations he's had with you, um, conversations he's having with pharmacy organisations when we get to see him, that um, you know we are where we are and there are certain things that he's expecting out of this process. So was I surprised by what he said? No, I wasn't. But was it important for him to be held to account in Parliament? Yes, it was. And um, we then need to just take that from where we are now and build on that. I think he's aware he wasn't before about how this has gone down in the sector and um, yeah, I think we will continue to see what he's got to say and you know if we as part of the process when we put in our own next steps uh, responses then let's see if that starts to change what he's got to say in reply mm. I think there's some challenges that he's expecting us to respond to mm. um, around this because you can take you know, the letter um, setting this whole thing out was both confused and confusing. And on the one hand, it talked about £170 million worth of cuts. And then in the second breath, it sort of said, but we want to clinically focus community pharmacy service. Now, it seems to me the minister has spent quite a lot of time talking about that. And he's very earnest whenever you hear him talking about his, his commitment to seeing that. Um, 
but I think we still all want to see a bit more detail. We want to contribute some detail if we can. And so, uh, you know, what he said in Parliament is just a part of that whole process. Mm. And, and in terms of contributing more detail, how have um, Pharmacy Voices discussions or talks, anything that's kind of been going on, is it kind of positive, do you think? Are you happy with how they're going? Are the government well, listening? I think you have to remain positive because otherwise there's 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 not a lot of point in, in just having a conversation about um, about one element of this package, if that's what it is. Mm. So, you know, as Pharmacy Voice is a collaboration between trade sector bodies, and one of the things I think government ministers and civil servants understand about trade sector bodies is that we, when we get this right, we represent um, the sector, and the sector is the experts in the sector's performance and what the sector can do. So um, we are engaged in a, in a process which extends to the end of March. There are several elements to that. We've contributed some initial thoughts in response to a February 12 deadline. We're expecting to have a further conversation with NHS England, Department of Health um, officials at some point in the next, I guess, in the next two or three weeks. And we would hope that what we said in the first round will form the basis of the conversation we are then going to have. Now, we have um, tried to do two things in amongst the process. So we have pointed out how illogical and in some cases how incoherent the initial proposal was from the, um, from the Secretary, from the Minister and uh, the Department of Health and NHS England. And the lack of detail suggests that this is not part of a robust, evidence-based process. Um, but at the same time, I think we've also been keen to demonstrate that we might know a little bit of what we're talking about. And I think where we, where we might want to get to is a bit more of a sense of if there have to be um, efficiencies. And we all understand the situation that the NHS finds itself in with £22 billion worth of cut efficiency gains required to unlock eight or ten billion depending on who you're listening to um, input of additional government funding we all understand that so you know how do we get to a point where the efficiencies that the uh, Department of Health NHS England are looking for are the sorts of things that we can contribute knowing that actually there are things that pharmacy pharmacists can do to make the system more efficient and there may be some things that stand in our way of doing that. So we've also tried to suggest that out of all of this as we go forward there are things that we think we should be doing working with um, NHS England and the Department of Health to, um, to deliver on some of the things that the Minister clearly wants. Something that was kind of came across really clearly at the debate was that there's now a real mix of different MPs interested in this. Yes. It seemed to us to start with it was mainly like a Labour-led mm. kind of, um, you know, the, the MPs that were speaking out against it were from the Labour Party. However, now quite a few Conservative MPs are coming forward and speaking out, you know, against their party line, so to speak. Um, Derek Thomas called the debate um, St Ives kind of a rural constituency he told me that he was really concerned about the independent pharmacies in yeah. St Ives and Western rural Cornwall. Is it encouraging that there are MPs who are prepared to you know, go against what their party's saying and what their party wants to do? Well, there are pharmacies in every single constituency, indeed every single neighbourhood in the country. 
So, you know, the 6%, um, 170 million, implemented badly, we've yet to see how, how any of that might be implemented, but, you know, implemented indiscriminately could affect any pharmacy, independent or multiple. Um, and what I think MPs of all colours will be, will be concerned about is leaving neighbourhoods with, without their pharmacy that has been providing services, good services to, to their constituents um, because of this process. And so in a way it's, it's helpful to, to see the, the argument being taken forward across party lines because this isn't about this isn't a party political issue at that level. This is a constituency issue which is going to affect um, constituencies up and down the country. In fact, from a, from a pharmacy point of view, um, we, we probably wouldn't want to see this be an opposition versus government argument because then it's very easy to be characterised as an opposition versus government argument. This is a community argument and therefore the, the fact that we've got um, members of parliament from the government side but also from the opposition and because of the concerns that people might might have that this will go further than this. We've even got, I think there's a Scottish national nationalist speak in the debate and mm -hmm. we've got Welsh members of parliament who are interested because it's it, this is about community. It's, it's not about whether you're blue or red or any other colour. The impact of this we don't know um, because we don't know the impact on individual pharmacy businesses. And what, but what we do know from what people have said and how people are feeling, and I'm I'm doing some of the local meetings in in the same way that colleagues from PSNC and the RPS are doing um, local meetings, is we don't know, do know the strength of feeling, and that strength of feeling comes from people who are very concerned about the impact of these cuts on their particular pharmacy, and therefore the staff that work in those pharmacies, and also the people that they're serving in those communities. That's not a party political issue. Mm. And um, the MPA launched their campaign, I think, you know, the week before last, very much focused on the people using pharmacies every day. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they told us that they're ordering another 100,000 postcards, getting people to send them to their MPs. Do you think that this campaign is an effective way of raising awareness? Or um, rather than focusing on reversing the cut, so to speak, do you think it would be better to focus on something else at this stage? I think the public um, are natural allies for this kind of um, expression of concern because they could lose valuable services around this. Um, I did a meeting on uh, two days ago and it was a, a grouping um, of older people uh, that meets around um, the meets from across London um, under the auspices of the, the, the Mayor's office the, at the City Hall and this was the second question I was asked was about is it true that um, community pharmacies are under have got um, a, a particular challenge right now we could lose some pharmacies um, I was asked about the the statement in, in, in amongst all the documentation about clusters of pharmacies and what did I feel about that. So to go to a meeting to talk about something else and for the second question to be about this tells me 
that the, the campaign is getting out to members of the public who are starting to express their own concerns. Now, in terms of keeping um, the focus within uh, amongst parliamentarians about this matter, then in a way we want people to get take such an interest that they are prepared to ask questions spontaneously at meetings because some of them will also write um, their own letters and their own um, ask their own questions of their representatives um, and parliamentary representatives and maybe their local councillors and we're starting to see I think some really interesting comments coming out of local government about the impact of this. Local government are um, incredibly close to neighbourhoods, they understand place, they understand how a network of health hubs in their community can provide services and they, um, you know, they've protested about the public health cuts. So whoever those people are, whoever those people are who are in a position to um, keep up the pressure through the political process, then they're best, in a way they're almost best gotten to by members of the public because the members of the public are the people who are concerned about the services to them. We are concerned about offering services to them but they are specifically going to be concerned about the, the fact that they might lose a service that they value greatly. So what do you think the pressure from the public can achieve? Because it's, Alistair Burt has said in no uncertain terms that this is a treasury matter, this amount of money has to be saved, don't expect it to be reversed. So what, what, what can that do? Well, I, the, and this is, a, this is a, um, just a, an example of some of the thinking that, 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 we, that we're putting into how we respond to this going forward. The, um, the government have been very coy about what happens beyond 16, 17. And I've seen the statements, you may well have seen the statements from various people speculating about what might be around the corner. Um, personally, and I think it, personally I think that there's a lot to play for in years two, three, four, whatever. Um, and I think if it was all fixed then we might have heard a little bit more about that. Um, and so that's why it's important to remain um, positive in one sense, which is to say, well what are we going to, you know, what is our response to the sort of more general challenge about the NHS needing to become more efficient and more cost effective. What are we going to contribute to that discussion? Because there are some things in there that we would like to have changed by government which, which would help us be more efficient in our terms. But there are other things around the use of medicines, around waste, around some of the challenges that we've had, we've heard long and hard from um, the Chief Pharmaceutical Officer and others that we have got some ideas about how we might sort some of those things um, and you know there are op options and opportunities within things like the integration fund that we would want to see used to explore how we might deliver some of those things about pace and scale and therefore if we concentrate solely on the, the arguments about the money then we are going to miss out on actually saying well do you know what there are some things in here that we could be doing we should be doing we ought to be doing and not just these are the things that we could be doing, we ought to be doing, but here's how we, as trade sector organisations, can help make those things happen so that 
you will see the cont that contribution coming through into the system going forward. And finally, what would you say to a contractor who's currently concerned about the cuts, not sure what to do? What would what would be your kind of advice for them? How should they proceed? I think um, they should be uh, thinking about checking that something's happening locally in their area, that they're connected to what their LPC is doing, they're part of a bigger group, what the group's doing. Um, I think they should um, make themselves um, familiar if they aren't already with what's being proposed. But I think there are some other things that form the context for this discussion that people could do with thinking about. Because at some point, I think it's important that contractors as a whole engage in the kind of conversations we might be having about the future. Rob Darracott makes no bones about it. The sector faces some serious challenges over the next few months and years. He quite rightly highlights that the public and local government are incredibly concerned about the impact pharmacy closures could have on communities. At the end of February, I went to the MPA's engagement event in South London to find out more about the opinions of contractors and members of the public. Well, I'm Ian Strachan, I'm a chairman of the MPA and I'm also a contractor for four pharmacies up in Manchester and Liverpool and uh, the purpose of this is because of that letter of the 17th which is fundamental to the future of pharmacy. The scope and the scale of the changes that they're proposing are so far reaching that they should have at least consulted us on why they needed to do it and how they were going to do it way in advance of the letter. Um, it's about treasury driven cuts direct cuts to take money out of pharmacy um, and recognising that we've all got to play our part in the um, well, in the austerity that's around these days get that, but these changes are so transformational to the sector they're on about attacking the premises network, they're on about separating supply from services and that link's vital if we're ever going to fulfil our ambitions and hopefully the ambitions of a government as well that needs to save money through the NHS Rebecca Shah, I'm from Pharmacy London, uh, which covers um, the majority of London in terms of um, community pharmacy. Um, it's been really interesting. I came out here just before 10 o'clock, and uh, so lots and lots of people, a lot of people that stopped to sign the petition once they heard it was about pharmacies uh, and they wanted to sign, actually then heard more because as they were signing, they asked more questions. And it was amazing at the lack of awareness of what was going on and how horrified they were to hear what the plans were by the government and what it could mean in the future for their services. And one of the things that was really uh, came through really powerfully for me was when they heard about the, in, uh, the increase in online services, the fact that we might have um, dispensing from big hubs and direct uh, deliveries to their homes. And they wanted, they said, but we will lose the face-to-face -face contact that we want. That's what we appreciate at the moment, being able to turn up in our pharmacy, see the pharmacies that we've seen for years, and be able to ask whatever we want, um, the kind of advice they give. We will lose all that. We don't want that. We want the pharmacies where we have them, what we're used to, the way it is. Why do you have to change it? First of all, what's your name? And, um, Toria. Toria. And so why, what, what does your local pharmacy mean to you? What sort of service do you get? Well, I mean, we, we've got the, lo the GPs are there. And then you've got your local pharmacy because before you go and you collect your medication. 
but now it's electronic. You can just go and collect. And I mean, if all these pharmacies are disappearing like that, therefore you have to now venture out to Boots, Brixton, maybe in Ballon, maybe in Tootin. So it's, it's an inconvenience to us, especially for the elderly people. Yeah, yeah. Because some of them do come out and collect their medication. And I mean, it's taken away their full independence because some of them do look forward to collect their prescription or collect their, their medication. So I can't understand what's the reason why would they want to close the pharmacies? Why? It's great to hear that there's support on the ground for pharmacy. Now, the challenge is persuading politicians to hold pharmacists in the same high esteem as the public do. For the latest news on the funding fight, be sure to check out the CND website. Thanks for listening.